Now this morning we're, we're going through uh, our series again in Ephesians chapter 4. Uh, and uh, last Sunday, Pastor Dean shared about uh, verse 20 to 24. And uh, so it's, it's definitely a very interesting thing. I, I love the passage. And, and in fact, uh, we're going to read that real quick uh, together. Uh, Ephesians 20 uh, to 21 to 24. And this is the word of God, assuming that you have heard about him and were taught in him, which is Christ Jesus, as the truth is in Jesus, to put off your old self, which belongs to your former manner of life, and is corrupt through deceitful desires, and to be renewed in the spirit of your minds, and to put on the new self, created after the likeness of God in true righteousness and holiness. And I, I love this part, especially the last 24, verse 24 says that, put on the new self. And, and, and uh, you know, one of the things you might recognize this is that I like to think I set fashion trends, okay? And by that, let me tell you this. I, when I go on the streets, uh, and, and if I go a lot of places, I, I realize that a lot of people are wearing things that are similar to me, if not identical, right? So, and, and, and to, to tell you the truth, I, I like to think that, you know, like, like people like to imitation is the highest form of flattery and then so I like to think I go around people are wearing the same things that I do and then every now and then my wife will remind me of something that, that the reason why people wear the same things that I do is the, because they all shop at Costco so it's a joke guys alright so so I, I you know my wardrobe is mostly from Costco and then so I have a lot of twins out there and uh, and here's the thing I remember my, my jeans were always very cheap jeans I, I don't want to spend too much money on clothing that's why I shop uh, bulk at Costco and you know so uh, so everything that I wear normally they come from Costco and uh, and so so I remember I bought my very first pair of expensive jeans by that I mean it's like twenty dollars and over right so it was like twenty nine ninety nine pair of jeans and I was like man that's a lot of money and and so I, I, I think it's twenty nine ninety nine or thirty nine ninety nine something like that and it was from Costco and I loved it you know like I was like wow I, now I know why people pay money for like good jeans is the fabric's good the color's good and I love it but it was so expensive I only bought one pair of jeans and that's it right but I liked it so much I kept wearing it and wearing it and wearing it eventually it wasn't a fashion statement but there's still holes are coming out you know like like around the knee area and different areas it wasn't on purpose I did not pay extra for those things and and so but I love that jeans so much that I still wore them to church and then my wife decided that it's not a good thing for me to wear that kind of jeans to church because like the holes were pretty big right and then so she's like you know like and it's like different areas so so but I really like that pair of jeans and it's so comfortable it's so worn in and, and I just you know I put that on it's like I feel there's like nothing on so it's great so I, I loved it and then my wife decided that she'll buy me another pair of jeans and then so it's a great pair of jeans it's probably more expensive than the one I bought and then so so but I look at that pair of jeans I know it's a better jean you know I know it's a, a brand new pair of jeans and it's it's really good and it's 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 nice quality and all that stuff but I really didn't want to give up my old one cuz you know I, I I like my old jean you know I mean, people might not like it but I really enjoy it and, and but 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 the thing is it come it came a time when I recognized that that pair of jeans is just not going to cut it and now I know that I was going to bring that pair of jeans, and I actually still have it because I love it that much. Uh, I don't wear it anymore, but I do have it. It's, it's the, the, there's a, a huge hole right here. Like, the fabric just kind of flips open. And near my, uh, you know, privacy area, there are, like, holes, you know, so you can see my boxers. So you don't want to see that. And then, so I love this. So whenever I sit down, you know, like, you can literally see, 
Like if you pay attention to it, you will literally see what I'm wearing underneath, right? And, and so, so it's really not appropriate. But I really like the pair of jeans. And, and you're like, why are you talking about this really weird thing, Pastor Jim? And what I'm trying to say is this, is that, that when we talk about this new creation in Christ Jesus, putting on this new self, we need to recognize that our old self is really that pair of worn jeans. That's just not appropriate. That's just broken and nasty and gross sometimes for people to see it. But we might not recognize that. We might like to hold on to that pair of jeans. But the reality is this, is that it's time to get that new pair of jeans and put it on, you know. And, and, and here's the thing. A lot of us know that. We recognize that. We want to put on the new. But, but to, in order to put on the new, it says this, is that you have to put off the old. And, and I think we have a lot of memories attached to the old things. We have a lot of nostalgia and whatever it is and, and, and so sometimes it's really hard to get out get rid of the old especially when, when there's that new creation in Christ Jesus you know it's not just the old bad things about you that need to take off a lot of times it's about your worldviews, it's about your personality, it's about what you like and what you don't like. And you need to take all those things off too. It might be your success because in Christ Jesus, you're a new creation. So everything about you in the past, that's the old self. And you're supposed to take that off when you're a new creation. And, and sometimes that's really hard because we, we like part of our old selves. You know, we, we like part of the, the styles or whatever, the, the choices that we made. And, and, and even though we know those choices are what got us in trouble in the first place, but sometimes we have this hard time letting go of the past. And so what we create is this generation of people who's wearing, you know, Christians who's wearing like, Dirty jeans underneath a clean pair of jeans, you know? Do you know what I mean? Like, like we have this, this facade of, like, holiness, but inside we still have that old pair of jeans, and we're still wearing that. And, and, and so we'll, we'll get into that. And this morning, we really want to talk about, you know, taking off something and putting on something. And that's from verse 25 to 32. And so, so again, this is to, to kind of remind you that, that we need to take off something and put on something else. And uh, that is the, the new creation, right? Take off the old, put on the new. So we'll read uh, from verse 25 and onwards. And this is the word of God. Um, Therefore, having put away all falsehood, sorry, I got it. Uh, let each one of you speak in the truth with his neighbor, for we are members of one another. Be angry and do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your anger and give no opportunity to so this is really confusing I can't look at that so I gotta turn around with this okay so and give no opportunity to the devil let the thief no longer steal but rather let him labor doing honest work with his own hands so that he may have something to share with anyone in need and it goes on it says this is that let no corrupting talk come out of your mouth but only such as is good for building up as fits the occasion that it may give grace to those who hear and do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God, by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and slander be put away from you, along with all malice. Be kind to one another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, as Christ, uh, God in Christ forgave you. And so the first thing that we want to talk about is in verse 25. What do we take off? What do we take off here? It says that we ought to take off our falsehood. And, and so I don't know if you noticed this. We like to put on makeups. We like to put on different things to, to dress ourselves up. I, I don't know if you've ever do that, right? Like, like we like to present ourselves a certain way, a certain light, so people will like us. And, and sometimes that's like the, the word hypocrisy, you know? Like we put on this mask to pretend to be someone else. But in Christ Jesus, when you're this new creation, you are supposed to take off this falsehood. Because this falsehood is, is, is this, this 
deception that we're giving to the people in our church, in our lives, in, in our friendship, in the relationship. And, and I always have this joke, and I, remember, I don't know if I share it here, but uh, one of my youth, uh, she's no longer youth, she's married, and, uh, and, and so I remember when she was a, a, a kid, uh, she had this really, you know, frizzy hair, like big, big puffy hair, and then so, um, you know, so, so she has like no makeup on, just like a regular person, right, you know. And then uh, when she went to college, she started to put makeup on, right, and I almost didn't recognize her, because I was like, oh, wait, that, what happened to your hair you know she straightened it and she had makeup on and and i almost couldn't recognize her and I, and then i realized something is this is that 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 we we like to put these things on right and then so people will like us more because somehow we feel like frizzy hair is not good enough our plain face is not good enough our t-shirts and jeans are not good enough our, our whatever it is our our purse and, and, and so we start to put on all these falsehood uh, a layer upon layer upon layer to pretend to be someone else that we're not and and you've seen these you know like people who who just just really, you know, try hard to impress people with what they wear, what they use, what they eat, what they do with their face, and, and things like that. And, and and so Paul here is saying this is that this is deception. Let's let's take it off. Let's let's not do that. Let's not lie to ourselves. Let's not not let's not lie to uh, ourselves, and let's let's not lie to other people as well. And, and so when when Paul is speaking about this, I often wonder. You know, why is it such a big deal to pretend to be someone else? You know, like, like you know, uh, is it really a bad thing? You know, like, don't we want people to like us, you know, as Christians and things like that? And, and here's the thing. When you start to care about how people feel about you, you start to care less about how, how God feels about you. And, and I realized that in my life. As, as a ministry, as I serve, the more I care about how people feel, the less I care about how God feels. And when we put on this falsehood for people, we are really saying that they are in control of what we do and how we do things. And just the other day, I was reminded in Galatians 1.10, it says that, that, are we serving to please people or to please God? If I'm to please people, then I'm not a servant of Christ. And I think this is the idea of falsehood, what we need to put it away. Because why do we need to pretend? Why do we say things that we don't mean to the people around us? Because somehow we feel like we want them to like us, we want them to accept us, we want people to say, oh, this is a really good guy, or whatever it is. But the reality is this, is that God recognizes who we are from the inside. So that pretentiousness really is a display that you care more about people than you care about God. And you say things, you know, you package things so you don't say the truth sometimes. And, and so, so you don't want people's feelings to get hurt. And, and I love what Paul says here. So this is what we need to do. Put down that falsehood. Don't pretend to be someone. Don't say things that you don't mean. And put on this. Speak truth. Say truth in your life. Be honest with what's happening. And, and, and so, so here's the thing. Like, like we are the family of the, we're the same family. We're members of the same family. And, and imagine if you can't tell your family the truth. You know, and, and so, so it's really not helpful when people lie to you, to be honest. Like, like recently, my wife, we always have this type of conversation, right? So she will come to me and she's like, hey, Jim, you're getting fat, you know? And I was like, okay. Uh, but, but, but there's a reason for that. Uh, she's like, you know, she, it's not because I don't look good, you know? She loves me for, you know, whatever shape I'm in, she will love me kind of thing. But she's worried about my health. She's like, hey, you're getting weight. You know, you really need to start exercising, eat healthier, do right, and then you will be, you know, live long enough to see your daughters get married and all that stuff, right? And then, so we had this conversation. It wasn't a pleasant one, and, and I didn't like it at all. But 
She spoke truth with love. Do you know what I mean? Like, like I needed to hear that. And it didn't feel good to be called out fat and whatever it is, unhealthy and things like that. But the reality is this, that she meant for me to recognize that, to say, hey, by the way, and sometimes, you know, like, I think subconsciously she's putting like pictures of like you know like our younger days you know around like in my office I you know things like that and it's like hey you used to be like this now you're not you know and, and, and but what I'm trying to say is this is a, that truth is good sometimes especially when we say it with love it helps the people to recognize they need to change and we need to think about that because Ephesians 4.15 says that we need to speak truth with love and so don't just say things because sometimes we, we say things without thinking we hurt people instead of like bless them right and then and that's something I'm learning I, I'm very straightforward so sometimes I don't use my brain too much so I just say things that just whatever the first thing that came to my mouth I'll just say it and instead of like really processing that, right, I need to speak truth with love. There's wisdom in that. And, and so that will help people. And we'll talk more about that later. But, but things like this is that, that let's not pretend to be someone that we're not. Let's not say things so that people will like us. Because ultimately, we want God to love us. We want God to like us. And He wants us to be authentic, to be honest and free in the way we live. You don't need to put up makeup for God. God loves you the way you are. He saw you waking up. He saw you going to bed. He saw you when you're in the bathroom. You know, so there's no you can't hide from God he knows everything about you so don't pretend to be someone else be who you are God called you to be that person and speak truth and live in the truth don't pretend and don't live that pretentious life and and the second one he goes on to this what do we take off we take off we take off anger and and so I I love this you know like anger is such a bad thing in our society right you know because we know that anger causes people to hurt people to to harm others you know I remember when I when I was in high school uh, my brother and I were taking a ride and then so we you know we're driving and uh, and and so you know there was a car that that, this might happen to you guys there's a car that's in front of you that is super slow right and here's the problem. You're not in a slow lane. You're in the fast lane, right? And you're like, what is this guy doing? He's driving like 50 in a 65, right? You're like, oh, like you're frustrated. And then being the nice guy that you are, you signal to go right, right? To get out of his way and cut him in front of him kind of thing. But so you do that, right? And so here's the thing, though. As he was driving and he was you know, trying to cut in front of him, the guy turned to, like switched lane to just to be in front of my brother, right? And then my brother got even madder, right? So he, and he decided to just kind of sped around and, and go in front of him and then put on his brake. That's a no-no, right? But he was so mad, right? And then so he did that, you know, just a brake and then just kind of like take off. And then so he did that and, and I was there. And, and so the crazy thing was this is that we didn't know this, but the guy followed us off the exit, okay? And as we get off the exit, we were stopped at the, uh, a stoplight. And then uh, we, we were just talking, right? And we didn't see anything, what happened. And then so there's a car behind us. The guy stopped the car, walked out, okay? Came to my brother's side. And then my brother's like, whoa, what's going on? He rolled down, he's trying to roll up the window. And then he put his hand, pressed down the window and punched my brother in the face. And then, so, so that was kind of like crazy. But, but anyways, so what, as that was happening, you know, that's like what we call road rage, right? That's anger. And anger is bad, guys. You know, it causes people to do a lot of crazy things. I, I don't know why. Like, I'm a really mellow guy. But when I get in that car, I get angry easily. I don't know why. It's just like, I feel like no one else can know, no one else know how to drive, only me, right? So, so, so it's, it's, we have this anger inside of us a lot of times. And, and anger is bad because it causes not only harm to us, but also the people around us. When 
when we don't keep that anger in check, it hurts people. And, and how many times have you done things in anger and you regret afterwards? And you're like, oh man, I should have done that. But in that heat of the moment, you did that. And, and so, so, so here's what Paul is saying: that that you know, like, like let's not let's not do you know, let's not let the the anger stay in our life and give no opportunity to the devil. But, but the funny thing about this is that we shouldn't be angry, angry. But at the same time, it says this: is that be be angry and do not sin. So, so a lot of people have this issue. They're saying like, what does it mean? So should we be angry or should we not be angry? Because Paul is saying be angry. But we know anger is bad. So what do we, how do we cope with that? So theologians and pastors came up with this idea that there's what we call a righteous anger. You know, the anger that Christ had, you know, like about the kingdom of God. So, so they, they said that, you know, we can be angry about things of the kingdom, right? So if there are things happening for the kingdom of God, if someone's persecuting Christians and, you know, hurting the, the kingdom of God, then we should be angry about it. But there's a worldly anger and we don't want that. And that means that you're mad about people when they wronged you and things like that. And, and while that's kind of good, but I, I feel like, you know, th- it's very simple to look at this. It says that be angry, but do not sin. And do not let sun go down on your anger, and give no give no opportunity to the devil when you are angry. And what I think is this is that this is telling us that there are two types of anger. One is an uncontrolled anger, and that's the one that we don't want. That's the anger that just kind of like my brother, you know, like or the guy who punched him in the face. They allow anger to get the the hold of them, allow the devil to take this opportunity to take ownership of their lives. And then there's the controlled anger, meaning that you know something is wrong. And then this is a good anger. Allow me to explain to you. I once heard a pastor preach about this. This is that that the type of anger that Christians should possess is this: is that that when you see pictures of aborted babies you should feel angry. When you see injustice in the world, you should feel angry. When you see poverty in the world, you should feel angry. When you see violence, when you see all these negligence and hurt and harm that it's, people are causing each other, you should be angry. And this anger should not stop at just saying, oh man, that's so bad. You should react to it. You should really have this the reaction to it. Example, this is uh, what he pointed out. Uh, you know, World War II, Nazis, right? Holocaust. How can millions of Germans stand by and did nothing? Some of them might be furious about the situation, but they chose not to do anything. And what he was trying to make a point is that, that if we have anger, and it's a controlled anger, it can bring good changes to the world. Allow us to be unsatisfied, unsettled by the pictures that we see, by the stories that we hear, and, and, and saying that we want to do something about it. But don't let that become this, this anger that's uncontrolled, that became to, to you know, the, the radical people, the, you know, and they went out and, you know, like abortions, you know, there used to be people who will kill abortion doctors. I think that's, that's kind of just crazy. That's, that's crossing the line in terms of uncontrolled anger. So, so I think what we need to understand is that, yes, we should be angry about things, okay? Things that, that really matters, things that really impacts the world in a negative way. We shouldn't really care about little things like people cutting us off. That's not a big deal, guys. You know, and maybe there's a reason. Maybe he's going to the hospital, whatever it is. And, and so, so we need to really reflect on that. Is that that when we are angry, check yourself and say, why am I angry? What is it that caused me to be so angry about things? And, and is it affecting me in a negative way or a positive way? And it goes on. It says this is that what should we take off? And this is great. I love this verse. It's going to verse 28. Let the thief no longer steal. And just that very first verse, I'm reminded of the first churches were like filled with really bad people. Like they were thieves, literally 
thieves among the congregation, right? How many of you steal? I hope not, none of you, right? So I used to steal when I was a kid, you know? And here's the thing, the thieves here, are they used to steal for a living, right? And, and so Paul is saying now, hey, let the thieves no longer steal, right? So thievery, put away that, that thievery and, and stealing things and, and whatever it is. But what does that mean to us in our generation in today's term? To, to, to steal something is to take something that does not belong to you. So let me rephrase that, right? Just say that again. To steal something is to take something that doesn't belong to you. So you got to ask yourself the question, do I do that in my life? Do I take credit for things that I didn't do? Do I take things that do not belong to me? Do I do thievery in a sense of like, you know, piracy, you know? Like how many of you listen to music online and you download movies and all that stuff? You're stealing from someone else. That, do not, that does not belong to you. Think about that things. And, and, and here's the thing. It says that to put on honest work, right? Just, you, you, know, you need to put on honest work and then work for those things and pay for those things with your hands. And it doesn't end there. It doesn't say just stop taking things that doesn't belong to you. It says that, that earn things now. And it doesn't stop there. It's like don't just make a living for yourself, but also that you can give something else to other people, that you can share what God has given you and give it to other people. And I, I love that. That, this is what I'm saying. Don't be a taker. Be a giver. Right? Do you, do you see that? Don't just take, 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 take. Don't take things that don't belong to you. Give away even the things that belong to you. Because this is the new creation. You longer just accumulate. Have more and more and more. But now you're changing your lifestyle. You're, you're working hard so that not only you can have a good life, but you want to share it with other people. You want to have generosity in your life. And, and, and so, so this is be a giver, not just a taker. Right? And, and so it goes on. The next one is this. is uh, Take off the... The corrupt talk, and uh, this is this is hard for me. Like I, you know, I wasn't always a Christian, right? So um, I tell dirty jokes. Well, I told dirty jokes. I try not to tell dirty jokes anymore. And uh, you know, I, I I swear sometimes. I'm just being honest. I, I'm a, you know, sometimes especially when people cut me off, uh, I just, uh, you know, like it's. And, and, but here it says that no corrupt talk. So a lot of people say the corrupt talk is just swearing and things like that. But I think it's more than that because it says it goes on, but only such as good for building up and fits occasion that it may give grace to those who hear and do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. And, and here's the thing. These are corrupt talks that will hurt and grieve the Holy Spirit. These are the talks that, that brings down and tear down relationships. Not just like dirty words or you know dirty jokes or whatever it is. It's really about words that tear down and not build up. It's the words that you will hurt people. And the, the words that you say and then the relationship is broken. And, and that's the top that, that I believe Paul is talking about. Things that we say that really hurt. That instead of building up, it's bringing down people. And, and we say those things, right? Especially me. Like, again, I say things without thinking sometimes. And, and I'll say things that I feel is right. And, and so instead of edifying and building up the people, I sometimes hurt people. Like, I, I didn't even recognize this sometimes. And, and everyone has a different, like, you know, trigger points kind of thing. And, and sometimes I, I realize that if I criticize someone, because I love taking criticism, to be honest. Like, I feel like, you know, I can always improve. But I remember one time I gave criticism to someone, and my wife afterwards was reminding me that the person was really sad as soon as I said something about what he said. And, and I didn't even realize that. And, and, and so sometimes we need to be mindful of what is coming out of our mouth. 
And so, so take away those words that's you know unfiltered, hurtful, or uh, tearing down, and instead replace it with uh, the good things that you know Paul wants us to say, and, um, and and the words that is good for building up, the words of grace, and things that will make the spirit happy, you know. And and I think this is a a, a lesson for me, you know, like like we need to start saying things that build up people. When you hear the worship team, you know. Thank them, praise them. Say, you know, you guys really helped me to to worship God, and I really enjoy that. Our AV team, thank you, making sure the sound works, and and you know, usher, thank you for greeting me, and 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 pastor, thank you for doing this and whatnot. And it, it's it's really good to build up the body of Christ with with gracious words, because we all need grace sometimes, don't we? Like we all make mistakes. We all have our days that we don't feel like ourselves. And so even if today's sermon sucks, come up to me and say, God, you know, Pastor Jim, that was a good message, you know. So be encouraging, right? So, so things like that, you know, really just build up and, and say, say words of graciousness with love and encouragement so, so people can really be built up. Because God knows we have a lot of things in this world that's tearing people down in our workplace, in our relationship, and in so many ways that the world is such a negative thing. You know, like you, you turn on the TV, all you see and hear is that you're not good enough, that's why you need makeup. You're not good enough, that's why you need a new iPhone. You, you know, we have all these things, we're bombarded with all these negative things. You know, have you noticed in a magazine, the models are always like 25 or 22 or whatever it is, and they're perfect skin tone and all that stuff, guys and girls, right? Like it used to be a girl thing, now guys, I look at magazines, they're like, buff guys and I'm like man I want to be like that you know like like we we have all these negative things in our lives give ourselves a break and, and build up you know love one another and say words that that builds up and, and just be gracious with the people with your family member here in this church and of course the last one there's a, a long list and I, I think Paul's like kind of like me like time's up so let's let's finish this up right so he's like let all bitterness wrath anger clamor slander uh, put those all off. Don't don't have any of that and malice and things like that. Just take those off. Like, don't be so vicious towards one another. Be kind. Be gentle. Be loving and and be forgiving. Because again, we know this is a a really hard world to live in sometimes. And if we don't love one another as a church family, you know what sets us apart from the world. You know, if people come in, all they hear is destruction and hurt and all that stuff, and it, and we're not helping them to recover to be more like Christ. And I mean, that's just why would they come to church? You know, like and and, and so I look at that and I just say, guys, it's time for us to really take off the old, and say, you know, I want to be this new creation in Christ Jesus. And again, you know, it's so easy to live the old way because you've been living it for such a long time. But it's really not healthy for you. You know, I remember Pastine's uh, example last week is like dirty laundry. I don't know if you ever have that issue. Like I I, ha- I always change, uh, you know, let me clarify this, okay? I always change my underpants and my T-shirts, right? But I don't always change the shirts that I wear outside. Because I'm like, you know, they don't really get dirty. You know, what's really dirty is an inside kind of thing. So so you, if you go to my house, you will see like a coat hangers on my door, right? And they will be like, my Monday shirt, Tuesday shirt, Wednesday shirt kind of thing, right? So, so I have a rotation, right? So I, I'll put on my shirts, and then, so when, when I feel like they're dirty, then I'll put them away. And then, every now and then, again, I'm reminded by my wife, she's the wise woman that she is, a Proverbs 31 woman, I guess. And then so, so she would tell me, you smell. Have you ever had your husband or wife tell you that? And, and so, so here's the thing. Like, I, I feel like I smell good, I look good, and whatever it is. And then she'll come to me like, hey, you really stink, so you should really change your shirt. And here's what I'm trying to tell you guys. It's, that's the reality of who we are. 
I mean, without Christ Jesus, without this new self, we all stink. You know, we, we, we're not good people. We're broken people. We steal. We lie. We hurt people with our words. We have rage with anger. We have malice, slender, and all these bad things. We all have that. Let's, let's not judge other people. Let's judge ourselves. And we, we are stinky, stinky people. And it's time for us to say, let go of the stinky shirt and put on this brand new shirt that God has created for us, which is full of love and grace and forgiveness. And, and so I, I just want to encourage you this morning and say, man, it's, it's okay. It's okay to let go of the past, even though it might be your favorite self or favorite shirt, whatever it is. But the new is so much better. I have not had people complain to me when I tell them gracious things, loving things, forgiving them and forgiving them in their wrongdoings. I have not had anyone ever told me that. They, oh man, I really hated that you loved me so much. Well, I really hated that you forgive me, and I really hated that you are so kind and generous and whatever it is. I have never heard that, but I've heard from people that my words hurt them, that my unforgiveness hurt them. Do you, do you get it, guys? It's time to change. Time for me to change for the better. Time for you to change. And this is a daily access, guys. This is like a daily ex- exchange. Take off the old, you know, put on the new until all you have is the new shirt. And this morning, I just, you know, it's a communion, and we, we're doing communion a little different uh, now, is that, that we want to break into groups. And, um, and as we break into groups, I, I want you to, re- to remind you that communion is great. You know, it reminds us that, that in Christ Jesus, we have this new life, right? In Galatians 2.20, it says that, that I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. And what that means is this, is that I take off the old. There's a new you now. It's a better you. Live it out. And so as you partake communion elements this morning, I, I want to encourage you to think about that. Like, do I really want to put off the old? Because if you don't, right, this has nothing to do with you. Because Christ died on the cross for the old you so that you can have the new you. So I encourage you that this morning as we take communion, uh, that you will really reflect on that. And we have a question for you to, to share. We'll break into small groups. And uh, this is... Uh, the question, if you, to share and to pray, an old habit that you need to take off and what you want to replace it with. And, you know, you'll share among your groups and then you'll pray. And as you pray, then you can, uh, you know, partake in a communion as your time sits, uh, sees, uh, as, you, as you see fit. And then uh, I'll come up and close with a prayer. And uh, so, but uh, do remember, uh, communion is reserved for those who are baptized believers, who confess their sins and take Jesus Christ as their personal Savior. And if you haven't done that, we ask you to share with us still, but do not partake in the communion. And so right now, can I have the communion stewards uh, uh, here so we can pass out the communion elements? And uh, brother and sister, if you can, three or four people form a little circle. That will be your communion circle. And remember, you're not sitting with your spouse this time because you are with your hen twins, right? Your other family members. So let's find three or four people surrounding us, and then we'll take communion. And then so once you settle down, we'll pray together. So let's let's form small groups, three or four people. If you want five, that's okay. Uh, Three or four people, five people. And then, uh, so form a circle, and then we'll pray, and the community uh, stewards will come around. Okay. All right. Okay, so, so let's pray. Let's pray for the communion. Father God, we thank you this morning. We're reminded of the need to put off our old selves. And I just pray that 
you know, your spirit moves within us and empower us to really make that hard decision of living a new life. And every day we take off the, the things that you do not desire for us and put on the things that you desire for us. And I pray for the communion elements that as we partake in it, that we will be strengthened and reminded by your great love, by your cost on the cross, so that we can live out this new life. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.